Welcome to HBW Insights Over-the-Counter Podcast. I'm Hannah Daniel, HBW's U.S. health and wellness reporter, and I'll be your host for today's episode of Over-the-Counter. You'll also hear David Ridley, EU Senior Editor for HBW Insight, hosting other episodes of Over-the-Counter. Together, we explore the latest issues in consumer health and cosmetics across the U.S. and EU. We speak to industry experts and executives about market trends and hot-button issues within the OTC, dietary supplement, and cosmetics industries. In this episode, HBW speaks to Victoria Nichols, Project Director of Free the Pill. In the wake of the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade on June 24th, Nichols talks about the importance of advocating for OTC birth control, the limited availability of OTC oral contraceptives in the U.S., and the current legislation being introduced into Congress that would help ensure OTC birth control is covered by insurance. Well, Victoria, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for taking the time to be here today. Of course. Happy to be here. Thanks, Hannah. So can you tell me about yourself as well as the organization that you run and what you do? Sure. Um, So I'm Victoria Nichols. I'm the project director for Free the Pill. And Free the Pill is a project of IBIS Reproductive Health, which is a nonprofit that is uh, working to drive change through bold and rigorous research and principled partnerships. And I lead um, their campaign called Free the Pill, which is a coalition-driven campaign to educate and engage um, folks in support of over-the-counter birth control pills in the United States that are affordable, covered by insurance, and available to people of all ages. Um, And Free the Pill originated out of a coalition that has really grown um, to include over 100 reproductive health rights and justice organizations, researchers, medical associations, providers uh, who've been really building this research and the data and the advocacy and support of over-the-counter birth control pills since 2004. Um, So that's a little bit about um, kind of IBIS and Free the Pill. Um, Really, we're working to bring uh, birth control pill over-the-counter, and it's a a movement-driven campaign. Um, and uh, we're really, we're focused right now on the, the advocacy and the policy work that needs to happen to get it over the counter and make sure that it's affordable and accessible to people uh, of all ages. Yeah, so, you know, you're talking about an OTC birth control. Um, I believe you're talking about a pill, correct? Yes, oral contraceptives. Got it. Um, so what is the current landscape of um, oral contraceptives over the counter. Can you talk about that? Happy to. Um, so first, I'll back us up a little bit and just speak generally about the different ways people access birth control pills, um, just to provide a little bit of context. So there are different ways that people can access birth control pills. And at uh, Free the Pill, we're really working to expand access by moving birth control pills over the counter. Um, And by over-the-counter, we mean uh, on-the-shelf at a pharmacy or a grocery store or or an other store um, where people can access them without any barriers. And right now, over-the-counter birth control pills aren't available in the United States. They're actually available over-the-counter in over 100 countries, but not here in the United States. Um, And at the Free the Pill uh, for the campaign, we're really working to change this. Generally speaking, as of now, uh, people can access birth control pills through other ways by getting a prescription from a provider and then uh, picking them up from a pharmacy or they, um, through telemedicine, they can have them shipped 
um, to to them. Uh, you can have them shipped to you, uh, but this typically requires making an appointment with a provider, getting a prescription, uh, or going through a telehealth uh, platform to get it prescribed online. And the process of getting that prescription can present um, pretty big barriers for people um, because of several factors. There's, you know, the cost of the appointment. Folks have to take time off of school or work to go to that appointment. You have to uh, have transportation to get there that not everyone has. And some people have, lack insurance. Um, and the list goes on, really, in terms of the barriers. Um, and telemedicine options, although they're really a great innovation, they've, especially given COVID, they've been uh, a really great way for people to access birth control pills through um, through the pandemic. But um, uh, telemedicine is not available in all states, um, so it's not accessible across the United States. And there are some platforms that have feeds. So um, depending on your income or, or if you're working to make ends meet, you may not be able to access those. So those are um, kind of the the landscape of like birth control access. There's also something called pharmacist prescribing um, in states like California and Oregon and Washington. They allow pharmacists to prescribe birth control pills. Um, so that kind of skips some of the process of needing to go um, set up an appointment with a provider, but it, there's still barriers to access, especially given that that's only available in certain states. So that's just the kind of background of, of different ways that people are accessing, accessing birth control pills now. Um, but we want to get them over the counter uh, in your local pharmacy or your store um, so that people don't have um, the barriers to access that I mentioned before, like transportation, setting up an appointment, um, things like that. And uh, birth control pills are really one of the best study medicines on the market today. They have long-standing support from medical and public health experts, decades of research, so uh, really showing that they're safe and effective for uh, over-the-counter use. And uh, we want that to be kind of the next step, <clears throat> excuse me, the next step in um, expanding access for birth control pills. And that process of bringing them over the counter will require the, the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, to review an application from a pharmaceutical company and uh, make a decision based on the safety and the data and the evidence and the over public health benefit to move those over the counter. Um, and we do expect that in 2022, a pharmaceutical company will submit an application to the FDA uh, to do just that, hopefully. So I have a quick clarifying question um, that I might provide a little bit of context for, because getting birth control over the counter sounds a lot like the struggle to get naloxone over the counter, which is an opioid antagonist that can prevent opioid overdoses, but is currently prescription only or standing order in pharmacies, meaning that there is some kind of barrier for people who need the drug to get it. One problem that harm reduction groups in the naloxone space are facing is creating an accidental additional barrier once naloxone is available over the counter due to its price, where if it is expensive enough, um, it'll be potentially locked behind a glass case um, or still behind a pharmacy counter just because of the price, not necessarily because it needs a prescription. So does Free the Pill predict that birth control is going to have a similar sort of roadblock um, or barrier to accessibility, like being put behind a glass case because of expenses? That's a great question. And I, I think one of the, the examples that we have is emergency contraception. When that went over the counter, it, it, it still is pretty expensive. And 
Um, sometimes it does get locked up behind a shelf. Um, so that is definitely a, a challenge and a barrier to access. Uh, we were working to make sure that it's it's on the shelf um, and available and not, not locked up behind a box. And there's lots of, I think, logistical um, kind of challenges on the, the pharmacy side and on the um, that that end of things. So uh, the first step really is um, is getting it over the counter, and that's really through the the Food and Drug Administration um, to 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 approve an application for the first ever birth control pill to go over the counter. That's like the first big step, and then there are uh, kind of implementation questions after that. And we're at Free the Pill, really trying to strategize and think about. Um, you know, not only implementation in terms of what it looks like to be on the shelf and making sure that there's no kind of glass barrier or things like that, but also implementation in terms of, you know, how do you get this covered by insurance so that uh, when people do go to the store and, and pick it up um, off the shelf, that if they have in, uh, insurance coverage, they can provide that insurance coverage at the store and and have it without any out-of-pocket costs. So that's another kind of um, barrier to access for some people is is affordability, uh, and I know um, we can talk much more about affordability as well. Um, but that's those two two kind of aspects, both the the uh, operational piece of it, where um, uh, you're ensuring that logistically people can access it, so there are no um, barriers, as well as kind of the the insurance side and ensuring that people with insurance coverage can provide that insurance coverage. Um, and get it uh, accessible. And we're kind of seeing that play out a little bit with the over-the-counter COVID tests and um, how people are accessing those um, through pharmacies and stores and getting those covered by insurance. So that's a really good model to look at for uh, the work that uh, other over-the-counter products um, that might be coming down the line. Yeah, I hadn't even um, thought about that because I was racking my brain trying to figure out what over-the-counter uh, products that I would need to get covered by insurance. Um, but yeah, COVID tests is exactly one of them. I hope you're enjoying this episode of Over the Counter. Make sure to follow Pharma Intelligence on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts to get notified about the latest episodes. Also, don't forget to check out our HBW Insights publication at hbw.pharmaintelligence.informa.com for all of the latest health, beauty, and wellness news. Now, back to the interview. So yeah, as you said, we'll talk about insurance and affordability in a moment. But, you know, the the big reason that I had reached out to you was because of the potential overturning of Roe versus Wade in the United States and the effect that that would have on over-the-counter birth control. And um, as we know, on Friday, June 24th, Roe v. Wade was overturned by the Supreme Court. So how are we going to see demand and access to OTC birth control kind of change in the future? Sure, yeah. This is a, you know, very timely question. Um, and I, I just want to start by saying that, you know, broader access to contraception, like moving birth control pills over the counter is great, but it's not a substitute for abortion care. Abortion and birth control um, pills and birth control generally are important parts of healthcare and serve different purposes. Uh, what's really important, what's most important is that everyone should have access to the full range of healthcare services that includes various types of contraception, 
um, and access to abortion care. Um, in addition, you know, it's important to understand, uh, for everyone to understand that there's a variety of reasons why people need abortions that aren't related to contraception availability or effectiveness at all. Um, so the reality is that access is, is truly limited for both contraception and abortion, and the barriers to access tend to fall harder on uh, people of color, Black people, Indigenous peoples, young people, immigrants, LGBTQ plus folks, uh, people with disabilities, uh, and people who are working to make ends meet. And these are all due to systemic inequities in our healthcare system. So really, if you're thinking about kind of the bigger picture here, um, it's that each of us should have the freedom to determine our own life path, including what our family and what our futures look like. So both contraception and abortion care are, are part of this kind of full range of sexual and reproductive health care that allows each of us that freedom to make our decisions uh, about our own bodies and lives with dignity and respect. Uh, and people should have, of course, full control over their health and decision making and Politicians should really not be in the way of, of healthcare. So a couple of bills that we wrote about at HBW Insight were kind of pushed into the spotlight. I know they've been in the works for a while, but they're pushed into the spotlight because of the draft opinion on Roe v. Wade and obviously now the overturning of Roe v. Wade. These bills would require private insurance companies to cover comprehensive preventative health services and expand coverage to include full access to OTC daily oral contraception. Can you talk about why these bills are important and the accessibility in terms of affording OTC birth control? Sure, definitely. Um, really important question and another uh, timely one. I think you're refor referring to uh, the Affordability is Access Act, uh, which well, I think uh, last month uh, was uh, reintroduced uh, and supported by over 100 members of the House and Senate. Um, and, you know, if this legislation, if passed, would expand uh, contraceptive coverage uh, to ensure over-the-counter contra contraceptives are covered by all private insurance plans. And, um, you know, I, I, I think um, currently most private um, health insurance plans um, cover all FDA-approved methods of contraception, um, including over-the-counter birth control methods like emergency contraception. However, insurers uh, can require that people get a prescription for over-the-counter methods in order to uh, for them to be covered. So the Affordability is Access Act would ensure that people have access to over-the-counter birth control without a prescription, uh, which is really important uh, for over-the-counter access because um, the prescription kind of um, uh, defeats the purpose, really, of over-the-counter access. Um, so the Affordability is Access Act is a really, um, really powerful way uh, to to change the the landscape of access and really to improve the affordability of birth control pills. Um, I do want to just say that over-the-counter access to birth control pills is not a replacement for insurance-covered uh, contraceptives. We really need both. Uh, but the fact that candidates and elected officials um, often speak about um, this issue of, of affordability of birth control pills demonstrates really how important it is to have affordable access to safe and uh, effective birth control pills. Um, and it underscores the, the positive impact that over-the-counter access would have on health and economic security for, um, for people, um, 
women and family. So that was all the prepared questions I had, but I wanted to give you an opportunity to um, add anything else to the conversation. Any, any messages you wanted to share? Sure. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for the opportunity. I, I think I just end to, to say with saying that, you know, reproductive health is, is healthcare. Um, and uh, it's really important to approach these issues with a reproductive justice lens. And what I mean by that is really centering the communities and the people who have the most barriers to access due to systemic inequities um, and uh, systems of oppression and really um, tr- trying to center their voices in, in all these uh, movements and um, these conversations around um, around birth control pills and, and other um, reproductive health issues and, and healthcare issues in general. Um, uh, Free the Pill really um, leans into reproductive justice values. And our, um, our goal is really to um, bring birth control pills over the counter, of course, but um, do it in a way that centers the voices of the people and the communities that um, have been denied access or um, have been given access uh, on, in ways that are, are unjust. So in centering those communities, um, black, black and brown communities, indigenous people, um, the AAPI community, young people, um, folks in rural communities, those, those folks, and, and also people with disabilities. Um, I think those, those are the folks that um, need to be centered more in these conversations and whatever solutions that are, are coming up um, that are coming up through the policy landscape um, really need to keep those communities not only in mind but center their leadership in this work too. So I, I would end with that um, uh, that kind of reproductive justice lens and, and encourage folks to um, really listen to um, the communities that has, that will benefit the most from from improved policies and improved access around birth control pills. All right. Thank you so much for your time, Victoria, um, and your insight today. I appreciate having you on the podcast. It's been a pleasure and uh, really appreciate your time as well. Over the Counter is produced by Sightlines HBW Insight. If you'd like to learn more about this topic, check out HBW Insights. There you can find any articles that we mentioned in the podcast and other articles on the subject. This podcast and others by Informa Pharma Intelligence are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, TuneIn, and Spotify Podcasts. So make sure to follow to get the latest updates on when new podcasts are published. Thank you again for listening and be on the lookout for more over-the-counter episodes.